voice. Um, it could limit who sees it, but that's okay. If it limits it to the audience, that makes sense. Um, so no worries on that. So how's your, uh, how's your new year been? What's new? You got a lot going um, on. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of low on client load right now. So I've just been taking that opportunity to work on my sales pipeline and like marketing materials, fixing my uh, lead magnet. I just redid my website. Um, it yeah, looks so, so kind good. Of, kind of those back office kind of things that often get put to the side when you're working on client implementation, you know, yep, catching up absolutely. on all that stuff. I don't, I don't see uh, the the client level staying low for very long with how awesome you are, what you do. Like it's, <laughs> it's so cool. we, we, for those who are listening, we want to hire Kate as well. Like she's on our radar. <laughs> she's on my goal list of like, okay, we've got to make something happen with Kate. Um, so that's coming along now to, to prelude that I did, I did get lucky. And here's my question for you. Um, I shouldn't say lucky. There's diligence behind it, but um, if if you were able to find the exact replica of you at four hundred dollars a month, would you hire them? At four hundred dollars a month, uh huh, for sure. Right, and so I did. They're not an exact replica of you. Um, no, of course not. Um, but I did find somebody finally to manage my inbox, my communications, and executive assistant. Uh, out of the Philippines, um, she she outreached to us uh, with an incredible strategy. Um, I vetted for hours and hours and hours, and we went through it. And she's done amazing. And here's what I want visionaries to understand: because we live with an abundant mindset, and we recognize that there's more opportunity for growth. This goes way beyond one person. Kate is 100% still still on my radar, and is important because the additions she will make, in addition to what um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I want to honor Ange in this. Ange is my new executive assistant. Um, there's so much to be done for this vision that we're going to need both and then some. Anytime we can find somebody with your skill set. And, and I'm going to share one screenshot related to this. Uh, not screenshot, but, but website. I started paying attention to this towards quarter four of last year that there's this metric average revenue per employee that most small businesses, in fact, I've never heard a small business talk about this, but I was thinking about it like, man, I wonder how much major, major companies out there are willing to, uh, well, I wonder how close to the break even mark a company is willing to be with a specific employee. And what shocked me was the energy industry and the oil and gas industry. This chart right here represents millions. So in the energy industry, the average company is making $1,790,000 per employee that they have. Did you know that? I had no idea. I had no idea either. I was like, what? Like, that's absurd. And I, and, and I mean, it's cool. It's capitalism. Um, you know, that's, that's what capitalism is all about. The, in the industrial industry, the smallest... $320,000 on the year for each employee that they have, um, right? And you got employees that make different wages from executives who make millions to, uh, you know, janitors and virtual assistants, et cetera, who, you know, might make 30,000 um, on the year. This metric is probably one of the most important metrics, metrics for businesses to start planning around if they're going to create sustainable business models. Um, but when it comes back to looking at Ange versus Kate and, you know, oh man, just because I can find somebody for $400 a month does not negate the fact that if Kate, if you're charging $10,000 a month, but you're producing revenues at $100,000 a month all day long, I'm paying that I'm paid 12, I'm paying 15. Um, you know, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm empowering the people who can drive growth for our brand uh, and as visionaries, when we begin to start thinking that way, not how little can I pay them? That's not the goal with Ange either. Ange wanted a lot less than 400 a month. Um, and I wasn't going to do that. I want to inspire her to want to work with me and realize that my goal is to help put her on a fast track towards the goals that she hasn't even been willing to admit that she has to people. And as soon as I, I move into that, that mindset as a leader, it's amazing 
how fast people buy into the concepts of what you're up to and, and want to work with you. And again, I, I see you doing so many good things for people that I hope that everybody who's listening and understands that you are an absolute key to business growth and, and the success of many of the visionaries out there that I see struggling without somebody like you by their side. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I know I just dominated this conversation, um, but that's my, she's my sponsor today as well. Um, Caitlin Goni, and she's also <laughs> going to be our guest expert. We're going to dive into her vision right when we come back from the break and uh, we'll pick up where we left off. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, Vision Pros? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business, and I am beyond excited, probably too excited to have Kate Lingoni on the on the call today um, as our guest expert. She is somebody that has gone through interviews with First Class Business to represent myself, not only as an executive assistant, but somebody to take care of the operational support, much like a, a chief operating officer um, slash director of get things done, et cetera. Um, she's got a super special skill set and being able to cut through the BS and noise of business and dive in dynamically and help businesses with growth. I learned that not just through meeting her and then going through her process of submitting information about my business, but by the conversations that we then had after. We had a couple of mastermind sessions after that and looking at, okay, how do we how do I maintain Kate on my radar so that when the day comes where we can pull that trigger and, and pull her on board, as a startup that that needs more growth capacity, that needs more people to help with growth, but also is balancing revenues just like any other company and, and our different investment opportunities. How do I make sure that I put our brand in a position as soon as possible to be able to work with Kate at a level that, that honors what she's capable of? So she has my full endorsement um, as somebody who could be excellent for an operation. And for the sake of, of her future and what she's up to for a vision, my challenge to you is Who's going to get to her first, me or you? Um, moving into sponsors, the Wellness Shop 365 with Sean and Julianne Lechuga. I love their vision. I love what they're up to. Uh, they're in the process. We're in the process, actually, of overhauling their brand to simplify their messaging and showcase the value that really struck me. And it's right below what we're looking at right now, which is this 365 Harmony of Life wheel assessment. Um, it's very rare to find... Uh, well, if you look for naturopaths and, and holistic health professionals, they have more time than your traditional doctor to look at your well-being from a preventative standpoint rather than from the standpoint of, oh, crap, I have a symptom. Please give me a pill. Um, and so we need both types of individuals in the world, those who take care of us after we're sick, but those who also teach us about, about our health. I love that they incorporate joy, spirituality, finances, career, education, health, uh, home environment, home, home cooking, relationships, social life, all of these uh, things, these factors that most wellness professionals just don't dive into. Um, it makes me it makes me see like, wow, OK, there's a depth to this and appreciation for life as a whole uh, that they've created. Uh, they live it. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know them really well over the last six months. Um, we meet a couple times per week about what's going on in their vision, what they want to do with this. Uh, Julianne's getting her master's degree right now. And uh, Sean actually helps us with our podcast at this point as well. Um, so I would definitely check out and see what they're up to, because um, as you look at that today versus six months from now versus two years, five years, 10 years and beyond, they're the types of people who are going to do awesome things with this vision. Um, it'll be fun to look back in 10 years on where it all began um, and, and where we get to. It's also fun to be the person who helps build the train track because then you get paid to build the train track, uh, whereas those who wait later can buy a ticket and get in line. Um, so then there's the law spot with Melissa Gray. Melissa Gray came on our show, did an excellent job. I was actually a little bit petrified to bring her on the show because she's a lawyer and attorney and, and those people tend to intimidate me. I found somebody who is very nurturing and caring and not only expresses the fact that law doesn't have to be complicated, uh, but she's able to break it down in simple terms. It's very inviting. Um, and so when I caught her vision of wanting to bridge the gap between the systems that are out there that provide you free templates, but leave you with liabilities in the event that you need legal counsel and the super expensive 
legal counsel retainers that you see in programs like Suits. Um, there's a there's a middle ground that exists there. What I see so many entrepreneurs doing, and I'll throw myself in this bucket as well, is sometimes we don't delegate uh, the scariest or the most pressing needs of security for our business because we're focused on building the vision. And the last thing we want to be doing is worrying about the finances or worrying about the, the legal matters that come, come into play. It's like, oh my gosh, stranger danger or uh, you know, the confused mind says no. There's a lot of fear baked into those realities. Um, then you end up in a situation where you have a demand letter or uh, Apple's patented your software like happened with us with Restaurant Connect or somebody tried to steal our name at Restaurant Connect and we got in a trademark battle. We spent $20,000 on that trademark battle. Um, I'm not saying we hired the wrong legal representation, but have we done more due diligence to find who could represent us? And we had we not waited until the last minute to address that, we probably could have won that same case on a two to $3,000 retainer, um, or more importantly, received the counsel that guys, your startup needs the revenues right now, just change your name. That could have been an option um, that we, that we, I, I wish we would have considered at that time. Um, so those are, those again are two resources that as visionaries, one regarding health, one regarding considering uh, who you have on on retainer right now for legal. Uh, I'd recommend checking those programs out if you have gaps or holes in those areas of your life or brand. Then there's a the water project and the water project. Um, uh, I'll never I'll never miss an episode. I'll never do an episode where we don't talk about a cause that we support. The water project has dominated my attention for the last two years because it honestly breaks my heart that there's millions of people who don't even have access to clean drinking water when I have access to it everywhere that I go. And the cool thing about the water project is they show you the project that you're that you're able to invest in. You get to choose which one. You get to see the outcome and the social proof they put together to showcase what they've done for that community. And there's a very strong sense of satisfaction that comes out of knowing that you were part of helping these people get their basic life needs met. If you're not in a position to get back financially, my request is that you share this. Um, share the water project, share their links related to what they're up to. You never know which of your friends or your friend's friends will end up being touched by that and decide, you know what, um, I'd like to help this community. And getting people access to clean drinking water is one of the fastest ways to make generational impacts as they no longer have to go search for water and then potentially consume water that's dangerous for them. Um, so if you get a chance to give back, awesome. If you have a cause that you'd love to see us talk about or support, there's lots of things going on in the world right now. It could be a family's crowdfunding campaign uh, for health issue. It could be something related to world hunger. Um, you know I don't, but if you've got a cause like that that you'd like to see us talk about on the show, don't hesitate to drop that in the comments because we got 8 billion people in this world to help. And those of us with a microphone have an opportunity to do something about it. Um, and we do. Um, so with that said, uh, I'm going to bring Kate on. We're going to talk about her, her case studies. Um, before I bring her on, we dive into her vision. I, again, I want to talk about how amazing some of her testimonials are. You can go to the, her, her brand, bonbonstrategic.com. And I'm going to save some of you some time by diving into some of these case studies because the <clears throat> seeing business owners who talk about the peripheral support and their vision, um, it's, it's not very common. It's hard to say like what you want to say about somebody who just does paperwork, you know, or who just does the stuff that you don't want to do. Um, but these people, uh, Zach from Ace Homes Construct, con Contracting, uh, HDF Law Firm, Couple Health, their testimonials absolutely rave about what it is that, that Kate did for them. And in addition to that, the stories that she's written out as she showcases the processes of payroll, insurance, IT, HR, finding the right people, putting the right systems into place. And this company having the best month it's ever had when working with her in 40 years and giving her credit that, that she drove that. Property management. This person had 10 Airbnbs they're trying to manage. Um, Kate, my best friend, Spencer Hamilton, he might uh, be interested in working with you. He's got about the same amount. Great guy at, and, and great at managing businesses. He might be set, but you took this company from 10 uh, Airbnbs to over 60 and eliminated the stress and processes and from 100,000 to a million dollars. And then uh, the reading about this distillery or this uh, beverage, this alcoholic beverage uh, company and what you did with them to help them systematize their paperwork, managing third-party logistics, suppliers, distributors, engaging with uh, their sales teams to help support those. The amount of 
tasks and activities that get overlooked by visionaries uh, that we often take for granted and don't realize go into building our visions that you've tackled for these brands is it, it's just beyond inspiring. Um, and so I'm excited to hear about your vision and welcome to Vision Pros Live. Way to build an amazing career. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Jackson. Absolutely. Uh, so Kate, let's, uh, if, if you want to, one, feel free to redefine for the audience too, like what is it that you do, um, you know, and, and how is it that you help businesses? And then we'll dive into your vision for those that you serve right after that. Okay, sure. So I generally work with service-based small businesses that are still founder-led um, who have either hit a growth ceiling where their current systems and processes and team aren't enough for them to keep scaling, um, or the founder themselves still has too many things on their plate, like they're still wearing too many hats, they have their hands in too many pies. Uh, so I like to come in and um, help them clean up that plate and get rid of stuff because a lot of times they're doing things they don't really need to be doing, but they might have uh, control or trust issues that they need to work through in order to let go of things and delegate them to someone else. Or maybe they don't have that person there yet. Maybe they need someone to uh, to build up that trust and that relationship so that they feel comfortable offloading those things. Um, so that's really where uh, our focus is, is working one-to-one -one with the founder or CEO to uh, streamline their operations from a back office perspective. Um, so looking at their systems, processes, people, kind of just kind of just the the holistic view of the whole business as a whole. It's like it's like a body, you know. It's like uh, what you talked about earlier about um, doctors who give pills instead of looking at the symptoms or uh, trying to put a bandaid on something uh, without getting to the core issue. Um, so we really go deep into those different levels and aspects of their business to understand what's actually working and what's not, what their priorities are right now. You know, are they scaling? Or are they trying to get a better bottom line? Um, and then kind of directing all of our projects and effort in that direction. I love that. And you're one of the few people, um, I would say, that really represents well the fractional space. Um, and you know, I would say the same thing applies to coaches, the same thing, uh, can apply to musicians as well. I'm not trying to say that people who can't play their instrument well, shouldn't be playing an instrument. Um, you know, there's, there's a learning process and a growth curve. However, you know, I can't just put the term doctor in front of my name, um, you know, and not go to jail or have a repercussion of making a claim of authority that I don't actually have. The same's not true of fractionals. Um, there's a lot of fractionals that are fracturing companies by saying, oh, you know what? It sounds nice. I'll be an FCO, but they've never been a COO in their life. Um, they don't know anything about being a chief. They're, they're typically a yes man who thought that title looks nice and I'll be able to get cheap, easy clients um, and, and have, a, have more balance in my life. But that anyway, I, I, what I want to highlight for those visionaries out there, um, Kate again represents the type of fractional that knows what she's doing. And if you didn't hear it and the pain points that she just talked about, the realities of what business owners are dealing with, then maybe go back and listen to that part again and, and hear for yourself like, okay, there's, there's things that people say that help us realize whether they're an expert at what they do or whether they're just kind of wishy-washy like, oh yeah, I could take over some paperwork. And that's the depth that I, that I hear every time you talk to me, Kate, about the, about what's going on behind the scenes with operations. I'm like, dude, she's in the trenches all the time. Um, so what's your vision for those that you serve? What is the, uh, what does that outcome look like and feel like once they, once they've got that person? Sure. Um, so what I really focus on is relief, like getting them relief from the burden of running their business by themselves. A lot of people don't have that right-hand man or um, someone in place that they trust enough and who understands their business and like their why, their passion of why they started the business and what they're trying to do. Um, and that's something that we really get into. Like I, when I work with a new client, I'm asking them a hundred questions and getting to know their business almost as well as they do, you know? So it's like, um, how can we, realign their goals and priorities and their daily tasks with that uh, mission that they have and their vision for their business. Because most of the time, like 
people don't start a business to run the business. You know, you start a business because you want to serve people. You want to help people do something. You want to sell a product that you think is great. Like there's running the business is not your first priority, but when you start a business, it becomes your first priority because there's nobody else to do it. So it's like being the person that they can offload all of those things to and like feel good about letting it go. Like it's a, it's a de-stress. It's like going from um, all of this tension and pressure and overwhelm to release, you know, like you can let go now. You're not the only one who's um, making decisions or problem solving or troubleshooting. You don't have to carry it all by yourself. Um, So that's definitely my goal for my clients. It's helping them feel like things are better now when I'm around. Absolutely. I love that. I love that relief. You know, it's like a, there's when you've defined the outcome as a feeling um, that's distinct and that can resonate, it makes it easy to know too. Like, am I, am I achieving what I need to achieve with the person that I've decided to work with um, on this project? And uh, that is a, it's an emotion that entrepreneurs with lots of experience can gravitate towards and say like, Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be, that'd be good to feel, uh, you know, I'll, I'll juxtaposition the reality that you described with the nightmare that I experienced, um, partially my own fault, um, in hiring and, um, also, um, a little bit of an insubordination, um, reality, not to an extreme of, of, I lost control of my company, but, Two years ago, I hired somebody to to help me as an executive assistant, and um, I had very specific ways I wanted my email inbox managed. And I came back in a couple of days later, and they had overhauled my entire label system um, for my emails uh, according to what they wanted to do, um, without asking my permission to do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't react. I did my best to like keep my cool about it, and I tried to learn and. So I, I, but I had to spend several hours trying to make room for that. I could have just, you know, fired, bam, boom, done. Maybe that would have been the right call. Um, but no, like at the end of the day, the system wasn't better and it didn't make more sense. Um, and we needed to move it all back to the way that it was. Um, and so that, and that wasn't my first rodeo, um, you know, and, and going to that experience of seeking relief, uh, finding somebody who fit the bill in terms of, of even attitude and the way they worked with us and how kind they were, et cetera, and, and diligent. Yet there was this, again, this insubordination, this unwillingness to be flexible in terms of like what we needed versus what they did that, that created a bit of a catastrophe. Um, how do you, how do you avoid scenarios like that with an entrepreneur that is fairly micromanaged driven or OCD and how they do things. What is, what does that look like? How do you create space for somebody like that? Or do you just, do you not work with people as difficult as I am? <laughs> no, I focus on communication. So, you know, if you're really picky about how you like things or you just have preferences and standards, like it's your business, you're allowed to do that. So it's really just, you know, asking you the right questions and making sure I fully understand what you're trying to do. If you already have, um, you know, a system in place and you just need someone to help you implement that, then that's what we'll do. If you don't have a system in place and you want to find out what the best system is, you want to do some research, you want to try something on, you know, we're going to do that. It's it's really, we meet you where you're at to get you where you want to go. So it's not, it's not about me and what I like and what I want to use. Like if you need a project management tool, and you hate Asana, then we're not going to use Asana, you know? Mm. Um, So it's kind of like, I have ideas about things and I have potential solutions in my back pocket, but the things that we actually do for you and implement on your behalf are customized and unique to your business problems and your personality and your personal strengths. And I think that is kind of what sets me apart from other fractional COOs who come out of uh, corporate or like have an MBA or something like I don't know the rules, so I don't follow the rules, you know, so we can do whatever we want. We can do what's best for you and what works for you and figure it out. It's more of a a ground up approach, you know, I use a silly, but practical uh, analogy on that. So let's say for project management, I want you to write everything down pen and paper and fax it to me. Um, and to my team members, right? <laughs> but you know that you got this solution that's a hundred times better. Um, and, and so in that scenario, 
Um, do you conform to the facts scenario or how do you go about presenting your idea? Um, so the person might move from the stone ages into, uh, into a more productive 2024. I actually, one of my clients is kind of like that. He, uh, is very set <laughs> in his ways and, um, will sometimes propose things like, I don't know, using a Google sheet to track projects, tasks, and workload for different people. Oh, and we neat. already have a project management solution in place. So I'm like, mm, no, everybody, we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. Because for him, at least, it's a uh, technology is the limiting factor. Um, so in that case, it's like, what does he need to feel comfortable using the technology we already have in place? Mm -hmm. And for him, he doesn't want to touch it. So we have his executive assistant go in there on his behalf update everything in the project management software so that everyone else can see it. And then she communicates back to him to keep him updated as far as, you know, where people are at with certain tasks or projects. So it's like figuring out what his limitations are, what his like uh, mental block is about whatever it is we're trying to do. And then finding a way to address that, that is uh, more efficient than the stone age way that he wants to do it and also kind of bridges the gap to the way that everyone else is doing it on the team. I love that. That's, that's a great example. Um, and, and implementation, the, uh, it reminds me of Dan Martell of SAS Academy, um, phenomenal coach, great in the, the, in terms of guiding entrepreneurs that are building software programs. And he talked about how he takes a lot of his meetings during, like, he works out while he takes his meetings, um, you know, and getting to that level of efficiency where he can, he can do that productively for his clients. He's got a phenomenal track record too of, of client retention and success stories. Um, so I don't recommend that that coaches who don't have a lot of experience begin with that model, um, you know, of multitasking to that level. However, when you've when you've drilled down your system so well to where you know how to talk about them clearly, you know how to articulate what's needed, um, then it becomes possible to start doing things like that and it becomes important to start delegating the management of systems to people that can oversee that, where you then get that higher level um, insight into what's going on and the communication then serves as a relief. Um, so well, well said. Um, let's see about your vision for you, Kate. What do you see for yourself in the future? Um, my vision for myself is, well, since I started this business, um, I initially started it like, okay, I need to go back to work, but I don't really want to go back to a nine to five and, um, you know, have to actually go to work every day. I wanted the, uh, flexibility and autonomy and freedom to be able to pursue other passions and spend time with my son. Um, I have an eight year old and I'm co-parenting. So, you know, I'm not with him every day. So the times that I am with him, um, and, you know, kids get out of school so early, like, I don't want to have to work until five when my kid gets out at three. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to to take off the morning and go do an event at his school or whatever, you know, like, I want to be there for him. And I want him to feel like um, I'm, I'm actively participating in his life. I'm not just parenting him when he's home. And then uh only when it's convenient do we spend time together. You know, I want him to feel like a priority. And um, having my own business and making my own schedule has really allowed me to do that for the past couple of years. Um, and I think it's been really valuable, especially coming out of COVID and um, getting divorced, you know, and dealing with that whole thing. It's I've been able to be there for him in an emotionally supportive way that I don't think I would have been able to do if I had a regular nine to five job. You're, um, <clears throat> you're made me cry. Um, my, the way you're trying to mom, the way you're going about it. That's what my mom did. I love that for you. It's what I do too. hundred percent best woman on earth. Um, and, uh, you know, my mom, a single mom of six, um, and I was the only child between, so her first husband died in a plane crash. They had five oh, girls. Wow. She met my dad at four, uh, when I was four. They got divorced. Um, she probably should have done that long before that. Um, and she, he, he, even though she ran her little store, um, she had a little gas station that she ran and she had to work when we had to go to Sam's Club at 
five in the morning to wait in line. Um, you know, we were there at, at the work till 10 PM at night, closing up shop, then driving home. And we were, we lived about 30 minutes, um, from where this location was. Um, and then we started the next day, but somehow she was at all my sporting, I played basketball, I played football, I played baseball. Um, I, she taught me how to play the piano. Um, you know, I played soccer as well. I played all the sports you can imagine. <clears throat> she was at every game. She was at every practice. She was at every event. She taught me to read the Mo teenage guide to Motley, the Motley Fools teenage guide to investment at eight years old. <clears throat> um, you know, <laughs> she made sure that I was set up as much as possible. And I, and I was there with her. I can't tell you how many employees, uh, that she knew that were stealing from her, um, you know, from, from cash register, uh, but she wanted to be with her, her son. She wanted to be with her family. And that, um, that is not a common occurrence. And in today's world, um, the, the movie Storks talks about the opposite of that, of being realtor first, parent second, um, you know, and your child kind of constantly being put on hold. So I love and, and want to honor your vision to the max. I, I, I just hope you get the chance the opportunity to stay to that stay true to that because your son his life will change forever um because of what you've what you've been willing to do for him. thank you yeah absolutely um moving into a darker subject though um what's what's the worst leadership experience that you've <laughs> ever had so is this like the worst thing I've like me, like I've done as a leader or the worst thing I've experienced from someone else leading your call. It's <laughs> not a trap either, by the way, it's what you learn from all of them. Sometimes it could be a movie um, that you saw and you're like, man, it's that one. Or you can just call Hitler out and we can be done. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of, of bad leadership experiences <laughs> out there. That is true. Um, okay. I'm going to go with a personal one, I guess. Uh, so I had one past client who was like a huge learning experience for me. Um, and not a personality type that I was really used to working with. Like most of my clients are pretty chill and like, they might be particular, but they're not like high strung or like energetic. I don't know, whatever. Um, and I was working with this client, uh, on an initial engagement and he hired me as a fractional COO, um, but we were doing a lot of implementation. And um, I kind of lost control of the reins because he had such a strong personality. Uh, I was not good at maintaining my boundaries and um, kind of asserting my position in the role that he hired me for. Um, so I kind of got steamrolled a couple of times and it ended up just not being a good experience. But from, uh, going through that, I kind of learned about myself, like where I tend to, uh, concede maybe when I shouldn't, um, and where I could stand to be a little more, um, communicative and assertive when I'm working with clients, you know, cause they did hire me for a reason. And it's not to keep doing things the way they've been doing or do things that they always do. It's to do things differently because what they were doing up to this point wasn't working. So it's like uh, remembering that I have to remind them of that. Some of them more often than others, you know, like why they hired me and what their goals are for this engagement um, and not let um, their energy kind of run away with mine. I think it's a great example. Um, I, one, one of the things that I love about your example is that you, um, you recognize your own ownership of opportunity to grow in that situation where you talk about these boundaries um, and then recognizing too that you conceded certain things, um, which continues to give you the power um, over the opportunity to, to change and improve that reality versus just calling this guy out and saying he was evil. He was awful. Um, it was all his fault. Um, and that's uh that's something that as visionaries that we can look for it also reminds me of the relationship of the most i read in a reader's digest in middle school or high school about a uh um the number one turnover position for coaches in sports and they said it's the golf caddy um the person who 
carries the golf clubs for the professional golfer. And they're, they are very much the support, the coach, the one who helps them decide which clubs they're going to use. They're great golfers themselves. Um, but due to one, the, the financial constraints that exist in golf and two, the reality that there's so many ways you can mess things up in that sport. Um, and, and if you're off by a centimeter, you know, you, you can lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, there's, there's a very intense relationship between caddies and their golfer, uh, that they work for. Um, so it naturally there's a high turnover turnover in those scenarios. Some people love and thrive on that. Some people like me, I'm like, nah, man, I'm not going to be your caddy. <laughs> That's not, I, I don't want to be in a high strung relationship at all times. I'm, I'm high strung enough myself, um, you know, to same, combine with, uh, yeah, with uh, certain types of personalities. Um, so what's your best leadership experience look like? Um, you got some great stories behind your brand. So you get a bunch, it seems like it, it seems like you got some good ones to choose from. Yeah. I mean, those three that I shared on my website are probably my best ones. Like, um, and those are all, all three of those clients are very, um, hands off. Like they're very trusting. Um, and we got to know each other at a personal level. So it's not like, it's not like an employee, uh, relationship. Um, it's more like a peer level relationship. So, you know, they trust me to help them make decisions or to problem solve things, um, on their behalf. Um, particularly, um, Howard, um, I love working with Howard. He's one of my favorite clients. Um, probably, uh, starting to work with him, I think in December of last year, um, mm -hmm. we've made a lot of progress with him and hired a bunch of people and just kind of like seeing the evolution of his business since I started working with him has been really fun and like cool and to see how it evolves, you know? Um, but getting him from the point where it was just basically him doing all of the, the business stuff. And then he had some associates doing the client facing work, but getting him to the point where he is now, where he's got, you know, an executive assistant and he has more associates um, and they've gotten more clients uh, just kind of talking him through to that point has been really helpful for, for me too, just from a leadership perspective. Um, like I never would have considered myself a leader, mm -hmm. but I know that when I'm working one-to-one -one with my clients, like I am leading them, whether I want to call it that or not. Um, you know, being the person that they turn to when shit hits the fan and uh, they've got a client meeting in 30 minutes and they don't have time to deal with it, you know? So it's like, yeah. um, just being that level of support for other people and helping them get to their goals faster and easier. Like, it's just, it's so, so good. Like it's not only is it, is it like success in my business, but helping them achieve success in their business, it's like double dopamine, you know, like I'm getting it both ways. Um, so yeah, I love what I do and um, I love most of my clients. I love all of my clients. That's awesome. And you know, it, I came to a realization because I was, I was an awful leader um, for a long time. Um, I had really, really bad tendencies as, as a leader. And um, whether it was taking people's work for granted, not the people, but the work or just not knowing how to communicate um, my feelings or what I wanted to see or my strategies. Um, I came to a realization that the best leaders are often the best followers as well. Um, there, and that's, that's what I hear when you're talking about this. I think of some of the war stories I've seen where yes, the commander, um, you know, that the movie's about is, you know, is important. And there's usually one or two wingmen that are not leaders by title, but had they not jumped in and been there to follow, nobody else would have, um, without that person there. And so this, this particular testimonial um really stood out to me you, you said last december but you meant 2022 correct it's been 13 months um or did you start working with them a month ago 
No, 2022. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, so is two what is time? Right. What is time? What is time? I'm with you on that. So let me make <laughs> sure I had that story right. Um, but what he says here is what struck me the most about this is your delight to work with. And my staff attorneys feel completely comfortable working with her. Like, whoa. Um, again, back to the attorney reality. It's not, it's not easy to impress an attorney. Um, you know, and they're so busy and they've got a lot of things going on. They're not always the, the easiest people to work with and always the most conformative because their role, their job in life is to argue, um, you know, is to stand up for their beliefs, um, you know, and, and get what they want done. So uh, that, uh, that just, again, it really inspired me. I was like, man, that's some crazy good delivery skills and probably some diplomacy um, mixed in there as well. Yeah. Howard definitely, um, initially like getting him on board, I, he was like not interested yeah. and, um, cause he, he didn't feel like he was ready to get that kind of support. And so, you know, I kind of pushed him back cause at that point he's already said, no, I don't have anything to lose, you know? Um, so yeah. kind of pushing the conversation and being like, okay, well, what makes you think you're not ready for this kind of engagement? And um, I think he had not worked, like his, his whole team is remote, but he had never had this level of support in his business before, even though he's been in business for like 40 years, which is incredible to me. But anyway, um, hmm. so he was skeptical, you know, he was skeptical and I think he had gotten burned by other service providers in different situations. Um, so that makes it even better, you know, when I did start working with him and, uh, overcoming that level of skepticism kind of just made it even, um, stronger, you know, made, made our relationship even stronger and made, uh, the successes that he's seen working with me even better. Absolutely. Um, it's sometimes there are, there are hurdles. I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, most of us are alpha driven, uh, we're self-assured individuals too. Like that's one of my top five strengths is I'm a futurist. I'm a learner who's a futurist who's strategic, who's also self-assured. Um, and it's like, whoa, like how much more confident or arrogant can one get? Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, again, there's a, there's a double-edged sword on that, but we need people in, in our lives who are able to pull the e-brake, you know, and, and even if we smack the hand, you know, or whatever, so to speak, metaphorically, you know, like, Hey, that's like, we're, we're flying here. Um, that's, that's what we as providers also have to do myself being an integrator as well of like, no, I tell business owners, yeah, I can fly your rocket ship faster than most, but I'm also an e-brake and you need that. Um, you're, you're going to need times where so in order to not hit that star on the way to the Mars or whatever you're doing, like you need to learn how to control your, your, your power. Um, yep. and so that's cool. That you, you push back with them on that. Um, let's say this was the last opportunity that you had to share a lesson with anybody on earth. Um, rather with visionaries, what would the powerful lesson be that they can learn from your experience? Hmm. I would say the most powerful lesson that I could share would be to intentionally cultivate what you want your life to look like. And that includes your business. Like instead of, um, like it's so it's so easy for us to get lost in the weeds when you're in a startup phase or a growth phase uh, and doing the same thing for myself that I do for my clients, you know, like remembering why I'm doing this helps me to stay aligned to my ultimate goal and to my vision for myself. Um, and I would say that having having uh, having people in your community that you can bounce ideas off of and um, who understand what you're trying to do with your life. Um, that can be useful to help you redirect to like when you can't see the forest for the trees. Um, having someone there like like a close friend or a mentor or your therapist, like who cares who it is, but having someone there who's going to be honest with you and remind you of why you're doing what you're doing so that you don't spend all of your time in daily operations and like your family tells you you work too much and you don't have any work-life balance and you have freedom, but you're not really free. You're just in another, uh, you know, like not a nine to five, but you're, uh, you went from one 
I don't know, restrictive career oriented position to one that you created for yourself. So it's like, you don't have to be in that cage anymore. And you're allowed to change the way you do things when you gain new perspective or learn new information. Um, I like that. Intentionally cultivating uh, requires a degree of self-awareness, um, you know, and and world awareness as well, right? So some people would say, like, let's say that I'm 100 pounds overweight, um, and my thought process tells me, well, working out is hard, um, you know, true, but isn't being 100 pounds overweight hard too? Um, both, you're not going to escape what's hard. Um, you're just choosing one hard over another. And that's what I hear you talking about in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, yeah, uh, you, you've got a different, different stat on your website um, that talks about 67% of businesses failing over the course of 10 years. It comes from a legitimate source, um, the U.S. Business Statistics Bureau, I believe it was. Um, and then I use a stat from Inc. Magazine that comes from the smb.gov. Um, so again, another government association trying to understand where businesses fail, et cetera. 96% of businesses fail within 10 years. So either way, I wouldn't send my child to a school with a 67% failure rate. Um, it ain't happening. Um, yet as entrepreneurs, we go to that school every day. Um, and we continue to follow the traditional course of how business growth goes. Um, what I don't often talk about, and I haven't really looked up as well, from an equivalent standpoint, what's the success rate of a career? Um, you know, and people could speculate, oh, well, there's all these people are, are having great careers. Well, um, again, there's too many variables to look at. What about depression rates? Um, what about people that, you know, are highly medicated? They get nothing wrong with those. Re They're all realities that exist. Um, and what about people who never see their kids, um, you know, versus and, and the time that we get with our kids? Um, as well. And, and that compared, there's so many different variables that the only way we can really ISO in on what's right for us is if we're doing what you said, intentionally cultivating, what do I want my life to look like? Not what others want it to look like, not what the world tells us our life should look like, but diving in, looking at our business, looking at our life and saying, what do I want for me? And that's what Vision Pros is all about. That's why we do this podcast, because I believe that everybody is their own visionary out there. You have the vision for your life. It's your opportunity. You can call it responsibility. I call it opportunity to dig into your own heart, your own mind, figure out who you are, what you want, what you're meant to accomplish, what purpose you have, et cetera. And we do our best to, to inspire people with that. And the greatest way that we go about trying to inspire people is bringing people like you on the show um, and saying, here's somebody who's got a great vision for their life. Hopefully it inspires others to find their own vision. So Kate, um, <clears throat> what else would you like to share? I'd like to take just a couple extra minutes. Um, is there any other topic you want to dive into related to what you do or your vision? Um, well, uh, in the spirit of helping people, I just finished a, an ebook um, that uses all the questions that I ask my clients whenever I'm doing an initial business assessment. Um, and I'm in the process of getting that on my website right now. Um, it's called um, 50 questions to, what did I call it? Gosh, no, I can't. I'm having I like a where it's going though, because 50 <laughs> questions, that's what will lead you to that highly intentional. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. It's reality. very, uh, it's like, you know, looking at all these different aspects of your business and asking yourself those hard questions. Cause sometimes, you know, it's really easy to focus on, on the easy stuff or the simple things, but we have to remember to look back at the complex ones too. Like, it's not just, um, what do you want your annual revenue to be? It's like, what do you want your work-life balance to be? What do you want? Um, what do you want your business days to look like? You know, do you want to work nine to five? Do you want to be on meetings all the time, or do you hate Zoom? It's just um, the I questions are like are way. like. I just have to say it. I love Zoom. I love meeting with my my virtual friends. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. It's like like I would definitely rather meet on Zoom than in person. Yeah. Well, some of it has to do with the 
quality of my neighbors, um, you know, too. And like, I, I've tried, you know, and they don't, they just don't get entrepreneurship and like the things I do. So yes, my best friends typically are living in different places. So Zoom Mine too, for the most yeah. part. Absolutely. So well, well said, sorry to interrupt you. So you got these great, great questions that people can go through uh, mm -hmm. on this ebook. Yeah. We'll make sure to include that then on the landing page. Um, okay. That way uh, people can access it. Um, and whether you're an expert at self-analysis and, and finding questions and journaling or you're a beginner, I'd recommend, you know, one of the things that I do in these opportunities, I like to take those, download them and then like walk and read through the questions. Um, even if I don't end up taking the time to journal, which I often do as well, um, I'm a big fan of journaling, um, but even if I don't take the time, it's amazing the effect that it can have when you've just kind of like read the question itself and your brain and your heart just starts to play with it more than you even realize. And next thing yeah. you know, you're implementing things that are, are helpful for success. Um, sure, I yeah. Kind of gets you in that too. critical thinking mode. Yes, absolutely. Um, critical thinking, super helpful. Um, and I said smb.gov. I was wrong. It's sba.gov, the Small uh, Business Association uh, or Administration. So, oh my gosh, Small Business Administration. You can tell I don't spend a lot of time on government um, mm -hmm. related websites. But with that said, anyway, Vision Pros, um, where I hope that I hope that you take uh, one or two takeaways at least, or the maximum of what you can out of this, and take the opportunity to also. Uh, connect with Kate on LinkedIn. I believe that's where we met. Um, and if you're in a position where you need, um, where you're, where you need support, all visionaries do, by the way, there's no such thing as solopreneur there, unless you're the very rare unicorn, it just doesn't happen that way. Even if they tell you that's how it happens, um, then consider evaluating who are you going to work with? Who can you bring in? How can you bring in that person sooner than later? Because the moment you do um, and you start to realize all the, the things that are blocking you from success, the faster you realize that, the faster you'll get past your failures so that you can get to the success path. And Kate is, again, after hundreds of people talking to thousands of potential executive assistants over the years, um, she's easily in my top five um, and very possibly much closer to that number one slot that I'm willing to admit given that we haven't fully worked together yet, but you're amazing, Kate. And thank you for joining us on Vision Thank Pro's you Live. for having me. Absolutely. We'll see you guys on the, on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your